Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Zilliqa podcast. Today I have Oliver and Joel with me. They both are from X Academy and today we are going to talk to them more about what they are building and they are building something on Zilliqa as well. So we are going to talk about that as well. So uh, to to kick things off, uh, Oliver, first of all, can you give a brief about yourself, and then Joel, uh, you can you know then you can also jump in, and then you know we can go deeper into this. Okay, cool. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I've kind of been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, I used to do a lot of kind of in the Xbox and kind of development space, um, and then I kind of moved into e-commerce. Um, I'm going to say for until we started Academy, every single thing I've done before that I've made basically Shopify websites. Um, I used to be one of the biggest, um, I don't know if you know the video game, like FIFA or like Madden, the digital currency within that. Um, and I ran one of the biggest websites uh, about three or four years ago in that. And now I've taken a shift kind of to kind of cryptocurrency. Um, and I can kind of get into how I kind of got into cryptocurrency, I guess, in a bit after Joel's introduced himself. Yeah, Joel, can you? Yes. Yeah, so I'll follow on from that. Um, so I'm a YouTuber. I started when I was... 12 it's a funny story actually i didn't mean to directly start youtube i was trying to get onto you've been framed to make 250 pounds um which you got 250 pounds back then for doing it didn't get on you've been framed but it was the start of that and i just sort of fell in love with youtube i thought it was really cool like ollie i was really interested in business and i kind of kind of ended up being my first real business pursuit that took went a lot further than i expected uh, i managed to yeah, started to really take off when I was around about 16, became really one of the biggest, and this is how I met Ollie in terms of FIFA YouTubers. So I used to play games and shout over them, make videos, which is a concept that is a little better known now, but back then my parents were very confused as to what I was doing and why I was potentially prioritizing it over school. Um, but yeah, then sort of just kept going from there, uh, managed to be in a couple really big uh, boxing events which a couple of people might have heard of KSI Joe Weller which is the biggest uh, white collar boxing event in history and then Logan Paul KSI 2 um, which I was on as well um, had an MMA fight as well which was pretty cool and did a, ver- a variety of other quite cool things around YouTube and then sort of took a little bit of a step back and decided that I wanted to really pursue the deep interest of business that was initially that all started and I think like I said YouTube kind of took over initially and then I kind of realized that I've actually generated a great audience and a great platform and, and quite a good network to then actually go into it and that's sort of where X Academy came about and where we are now. Project. Yeah that actually leads really well into X Academy so for people who might not know about X Academy um, Oliver can you you know give a brief uh, on on the you know background and and uh, what was your inspiration uh, you know both of you uh, saw the what, um, what was the problem you saw that led to the starting of x academy so i'll tell you a little bit about why we kind of founded x academy and joel will tell you a little bit about how the business we kind of ran um so around two years ago i was speaking at a, a blockchain conference in uh, seville um in spain and every single every single kind of black friday was coming and every single black friday i've always kind of done a black friday store you know, um, something that I would start up and then would close it down maybe a few days later. Um, and after speaking at this event, I thought for the first time ever, we don't have anything, I don't have any, you know, any business to really just launch for a, kind of a Black Friday special. Um, so kind of going through my phone list and stuff and I called Joel up and I was, we, we kind of bounced ideas off each other. And um, 
we say, oh, you know, what do you think about, you know, a YouTube academy, you know? Because right now, I think the most wanted job in the world by, uh, what is it, under 18 year old job? That's right, Just, right? Yeah, by, by, yeah, teens. Is uh, to, be to become a YouTuber. Um, so the original idea was just to make a Shopify store um, where we were going to sell a collection of videos which Joel produced, um, kind of for a 30 pound, 30 pound one time purchase, and it was going to teach you to become a YouTuber. Um, but then what happened is me and Joel um, actually got back to the UK and we had everything ready. Um, and we actually sat down and thought, okay, there's something bigger here, you know, look at subscription models, you know, all the upsells we can do on this. There's, there's something bigger than this quick business. So we kind of put it on, on hold. Um, and I can tell you a little bit how we got funding and stuff for that um, in a bit, but I'll let Joel tell you a little bit more about kind of how it's kind of actually functions. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of, it, it really dawned on us. It was something that obviously going through the, the long, long process of learning what the hell I'm actually doing on YouTube and, how much should I be uploading? How long should my videos? How do I keep viewers uh, engaged and keep my retention high, my click-through rate up? And these all so there's loads of networking and organizing your schedule, and there's so many things that go into YouTube, and it is uh, slightly harder than I think some people might think, and it takes a lot of trial and error, especially just because there was nothing really out there because it's so new uh, in terms of sort of teaching people how to do it, and you kind of thought like you know. If you want to be a lawyer you go to law school if you want to be a seal then you go through buds but if you want to be a youtuber which apparently loads of teenagers do want to be there's nothing really out there and so we sort of saw that uh, as a big opportunity and then it's evolved quite a bit we started off focusing purely on educational content on quite a low monthly subscription basis um and where it was subscription content, obviously there's a big focus on the community and everyone linking together, helping each other out and watching these videos, which were from a variety of different YouTubers, not just me at all, and um, with a total host following, I think about 50 million now, uh, which is really cool. And then it sort of, is, it keeps evolving. It's involved even further now where we have a marketing tool so people can essentially be able to pay very small amounts of money and get five ten times more views than they might normally and it's to actually like targeting people um which is something that i kind of wish that i could have had when i started out so for a long time getting 50 every video um other features that really would trying to build out a full youtube suite uh, which which really caters for a lot of uh, the aspiring youtubers needs while also giving them the educational content um, and the network support and the live streams and everything that goes with helping to ensure that people can be as successful as possible. Gotcha. Yeah, <clears throat> I think YouTube has has ha now had a very large influence on my life as well because I I'm also pretty young and you know I was uh, I started watching YouTube very early on and uh, as as I see my uh, younger sibling also uh, growing I, I see. Uh, she also, you know, started a, a YouTube channel and th there's definitely a lot of benefit for uh, having different voices um, to speak on things instead of, you know, uh, just some media houses and stuff. So in terms of uh, people that have uh, used X Academy, uh, what, what have been your sort of success stories and do you uh, sort of follow some themes like in, in yeah, what, what I mean by that is like... Uh, like there are various categories of YouTubers, right? That you can be, say, a gaming YouTuber, you can be a comedian, maybe you are running a podcast or an educational channel. Um, what sort of uh, themes do you target as well? Yes, yeah, so we've had, yeah, a couple of people that have done insanely well already, despite not sort of normally it taking 
much longer than this to be successful on YouTube. So Believing Bruce is one of them. I think he's got 170,000 subscribers now. And he, he basically, yeah, it's more or less just started when he joined Let's Academy, which is insane in, in about a year. And there's also a, a guy called Woken, I think, who's got multiple, multiple million plus view videos, which is really, really sick. And then other people just generally, um, that those are really uh, insane achievements in that small amount of time. When you consider sort of, I've got 2.5 million YouTube subscribers now, but it took me two or three channels and, and three years to get to to 10,000 subscribers. So it's, um, yeah, those are really amazing results to see. And they're not people, there's loads of people on the, on not quite at that scale just yet, but they're doing really well and they're uploading consistently and they've got thousands of subscribers, for example, and they're really building that base and nurturing those skills because if there's one thing to sort of blow up, then there's another thing when you do blow up and a lot of YouTube is, it's, it's about, you know, looking like an overnight success, but really you've spent the last two years grinding so that you're in the position to actually take advantage of that video that goes viral because you can go viral, uh, but then you can fall off very quickly if your content is not engaging, if you're not ready for it, if you're not ready to follow up with consistent content that is targeted gain. So yeah, there's lots of people that I think as it keeps developing, will will start to really block further and further. I think I think I think as well, you know, in the kind of the world we live in, um, I think kind of network is king, right? Um, so, for example, okay, you might not become a successful YouTuber, right? But yeah. you're going to meet other people that have the same mindset as you. You know, these people that are trying to become YouTubers, they're taking the first step in kind of that entrepreneurial type journey, if that kind of makes sense. So, I think even though not everyone will be successful that comes through the academy platform. In terms of kind of views going on YouTube, I think everyone that comes out of it will come out with some type of benefit, you know. And we focus a lot on sure. a mental health culture, right? Yes. Yeah, so we we work a lot around that. So I have a history with that, and I've been able to overcome it myself. And so I like I like to focus on that where we can, as well as really focusing on life skills as a supplement. So everything that we do talk about, which is a bit more technical to YouTube, we do focus on soft skills, which I don't believe are taught enough in school, like. You know, how do you stay motivated? How do you network with people? How do you communicate effectively? How do you organize your schedule well? I don't know how much has changed in sort of the five years since I haven't been in school, but I didn't really get taught any of that at all. But what did teach me that, because I didn't used to be able to speak to a rock, let alone get on a podcast and not start every three seconds. And so YouTube taught me this. Like I was literally, the transformation is insane and I was naturally terrible at speaking. I'm naturally an introvert. I was managed to sort of come out my shell massively and grow, sort of, develop some really good soft skills via YouTube and via talking on camera and via talking to friends on YouTube. Um, and then we're trying to sort of make it a bit more actionable, a bit more deliberate in terms of teaching those and doing courses on those really important skills I just don't think are focused on enough. Interesting, yeah. I think uh, like having maybe this curriculum part of even a school education might also be interesting idea because i don't know like uh it's not to say that um we've, we can't really disclose but we've been in contact with two big schools in the uk um when we reached out to them i was quite surprised by that response you know because their kind of requirements for this is obviously i think you know joel said this type of traditional skill skills and even stuff like bullying it's not really taught much in, in school and are you going to listen to your teacher are you going to listen to one of your you know someone you look up to as a big youtuber um, so when we have discussions with schools, they want to kind of focus on kind of the mental kind of health side. They want to make students complete the mental health side and then unlock the YouTube stuff as kind of a reward. So it's really interesting um, to see, you know, if this can go mainstream in schools as well, it's, well, pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, like what what do you think that uh, this adds to society? Like if if people have you know everyone has their own channel, they create their own niches. Um, like what sort of benefits uh, do you think uh, does does uh, ha- like this enable having multiple YouTube channels? Yeah. I think I think it can be actually quite large in the fact that you know the society today is massively built on capitalism, built on entrepreneurs trying to push the boundaries and create cool stuff and being like ollie said this is creating like almost it is like running a little business it's, it's trying something new you're managing it yourself you're making sure that everything's on time right you're having to learn different skills that are specific to this and it's it's creating more entrepreneurs and and, and it's also furthering that and this is the bit that i think is incredibly important because i wish that i'd have focused on it more when i was a kid like in school, I was not engaged. Like, it didn't engage me. It didn't do it for me. And I know that a lot of people were in the same position. YouTube engaged me and it sort of helped me develop certain skills. And if we can get more younger people engaged in learning and engaged in learning because they actually, and because they enjoy it and it's something they want to do, but they're actually still picking up skills that are going to be very, very useful to them. I think the societal benefits can be, you know, widespread. Gotcha. Um, okay, so f- for you guys uh, right now, um, like, what's the structure of the program? Can you just give a overview uh, to the audience, like how, like, yeah, what what are the specifics of the program? Yeah, so it's quite. I think there's over 140 videos, so it, it's it's quite widespread. I'd have to quickly let me grab this up actually, just so that I don't frustrate. Yes, we are, we are have a new video schedule every every month, so content is constantly being added. But we we cover the core skills. So some of the core things that are really covered in depth are is content. So creating content because it's absolutely key. How do you keep people engaged? How do you essentially create content that people want to watch and want to watch for a long time and want to keep watching? Um, networking is a massive one because a lot of YouTube channels are built off collaborations. They're built off being able to share audiences and that promotes all kinds of better things such as content for example obviously we start off with the basics of setting up your youtube channel what's your first video going to be about what would you name your channel all those basic things uh, as well as then going a little bit more technical in understanding the analytics which is super important because youtube is massively uh, data driven and if you can understand that data and the the metrics that um, are important then i think you have a massive advantage um and so it's content cover the basics um, networking obviously all the life skills are, are covered massively how to go viral which it, it all links together so how to go viral in terms of the different things that you need to do um, which includes how do you title and thumbnail videos one of the most important things I think that people don't quite realize is the title and thumbnail is at least half as important as anything else you know it's literally a big part of the marketing in the video if you don't you could have the best video in the world but if your title and thumbnail doesn't live up to it and it doesn't essentially incentivize people to click youtube is not going to show it to anyone so understanding that i think is really important and really understanding how do you get how do you make your titles and thumbnails appealing how do you get people's attention and then how do you keep it with good content um developing different things within your channel such as series or um, even like your personality within which allows viewers to connect with you on a deeper level because I think the connection element is so so important that's why some youtubers are so big because of their cult following and that it's not an accident it's because people 
really connect with them in a, in a different way that maybe they did with people that could have been quote unquote stars 20 years ago. You'd see them on a movie screen and that kind of would be it. Whereas you really get an insight into a YouTuber's life and their personality and who they are, what they believe in. And so um, actually cultivating that and making sure your true self comes across on camera. Um, camera confidence is another thing that I think is quite a hard thing for a lot of people. So how do you present? How do you come across really confident on camera? Or not even necessarily really confident, sorry, but how do you make sure you are, you feel confident on camera that you can be yourself and sort of say what you want to say and how you want to say it? And and developing that is super important. So we, we pretty much do cover the end to end um, of everything and we sort of stage it, it within, as it advances, obviously it gets more technical and it gets more advanced and there's more nuanced stuff, but we start with the basics and make sure that they have all those initially and we grow from there. Um, and then also one of the things I think that we try to do most is cultivate the mindset because you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't really make them drink. And so, getting them in that mindset to think, because we're not going to be able to give them all the ideas, but what we can do is help them cultivate the mindset to actually be able to then think of those ideas and find those ideas and keep improving. And one of the things we do, and I, I probably go on about it way too much, is just try and like small incremental improvements uh, will win you whatever. You don't take advantage of compound. And I think obviously we don't necessarily always explain it like that because that is more advanced, but the way we try and explain things that everyone's gonna fully comprehend and we just harp on and it's, it's it's really cool to see it's amazing such a young it's quite a, some of it's a young community and there's such a young group of people sometimes that are so always helping each other always motivated or sort of putting quite motivational quotes in the discord and sort of ev pushing everyone to keep getting better um i think is a is a, a mindset that will do you well for life so yeah hopefully that answers the question yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think I definitely learned something uh, as well. Um, so uh, in, t in terms of uh, like using uh, blockchain, you know, now let's sort of uh, go into that as well, because uh, I think that's also a very deeper conversation. Um, can you give an overview? Maybe Oliver, uh, you can talk about uh, how you guys uh, stumbled upon blockchain and then uh, where do you, where are you seeing uh the, the use of blockchain or tokens uh, inside uh, the X Academy platform. So do you mean personally how I come across blockchain to start off? Or? Yeah, yeah, uh, personally as well as uh, for X Academy as well when, when you were maybe looking uh, at, the, what, at how you can improve your platform. Yeah. Cool. Um, so maybe around 2016, um, I got into uh, cryptocurrency through Bitcoin uh, by pure accident. So on my e-commerce website, one of my suppliers wanted uh, to be paid in Bitcoin. And I was like, I think Bitcoin was around $400. And I was like, what the hell is Bitcoin? And it was quite hard to buy. As someone that's never really bought this type of stuff before, it's a little bit confusing to buy. And I went on hack forums um, and I paid a guy for it on hack forums direct. It was a little bit hackery, the whole thing, a bit sketchy. Transaction took a little while. In the end, the supplier told me, oh, you know, you've got to, just taking too long, you know, can you just pay me via PayPal? So I was stuck with this Bitcoin stuff. And I was like, this is like, I need to get rid of this, you know, but kind of how do I sell it? Where do I sell it to? And it was all, it was all quite new to me. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought this thing's never really going to take off. You know, I never really, I didn't start looking at technology behind it. And then what happened is I think it, it went over like a thousand dollars. And I think at that point I thought, okay, there's something here now. What, why is this value of this increasing? And uh, what's kind of the underlying technology behind it? Um, so I started kind of looking at blockchain, not cryptocurrency, the blockchain side of stuff. And I was thinking, 
okay, cool, actually, this new technology is definitely worth kind of looking into because anything that can make, uh, you know, business more efficient or transparent, it is going to take off as a ticking time bomb, you know. So I kind of got into cryptocurrency um, by pure accident, to be honest with you. And then obviously um, I started, um, I advise a few footballers on crypto investments and stuff like that and have discussions with people. So I, I really now kind of moved into kind of crypto, I'm not going to say full-time, but alongside kind of X Academy. Um, and I've kind of accidentally grown a decent-sized following on uh, Twitter. I was an early investor in Zilliqa at Private Sale. Nice. So, uh, in terms of using the, you know, uh, using the token for X Academy and use of blockchain as well, uh, can you, you know, just give an overview about that? So, so there's two kind of sides of the X Academy blockchain project. Um, the first one I, we stumbled across because uh, we had a slight issue of engagement on the platform. You know, there's all these people making videos, but we, I mean, we tried gamifying it. So we said, you know, if, if you if you help someone else, you can get experience points, you can level up. You know, but at the minute, if you work on X Academy's platform. Very few people are watching other people's videos. Very few people are giving, um, you know, good feedback to help others improve their content. Um, gamification just wasn't working. Um, so I called someone up from Zilliqa. I said, look, users are struggling to get growth because, you know, some of the students were only getting like 50, 60 views. And obviously that's quite demoting if they put a lot of time and effort into it, um, especially when they're quite new to it. So I called someone up from Zilliqa and I was, I actually was looking at kind of the back model uh, with how kind of brave advertising works. Um, and I said, you know, to get in the YouTube algorithm, we, we, we're pretty sure we know how the YouTube algorithm works and what triggers certain stuff to be put into the YouTube algorithm. So I called, of course, one for and I said, okay, how, how does this sound if we start rewarding people with a token for watching 80% or more of someone's, someone's video? Um, because if there's a financial incentive to watch someone else's video, they're going to do it, right? So obviously the viewer that watches the video wins, the person that's actually hosting the video wins because if a lot of people do this, YouTube, because by the way, the YouTube video is embedded into Xcamera's platform. So YouTube's more likely to suggest that video to, to other users um, on YouTube to, to help organic growth. So that was kind of what sparked the whole thing off. And then we went a little bit deeper. Um, and we, well, to be fair, we, we built a whole ecosystem of tools. So that the whole X Academy platform now is about to be powered by the X Academy token, not, not for cash. So if you want to use a marketing tool, um, you have to pay for it you know, via the X Academy token. The whole idea is on this side of stuff that the users don't even need to know it's cryptocurrency, okay? Yes, they can buy it and hold it and it might be a bit volatile, but these most of the students are used to games and stuff. So it's kind of like a gamified financial kind of experience. Um, and of course, if, if users, real their users actually need to buy the X Academy token on the platform to use the services, there's actual proper demand here. Um, I feel like at the minute in the crypto space, um, and you see a lot of people complain about marketing, complain about the price, and that's because they rely on speculation of the actual token for, for kind of growth. Whereas what we're trying to do here at X Academy is actually create real organic demand for the token, not from the crypto community, from the actual users. And we've got about 80,000 free users right now. So on that sort of stuff, you can imagine it's going to be quite a bit of demand. Don't get me wrong, you can earn tokens, but you can also buy the tokens on the platform. So that's kind of a, on a low level, how the X Academy token itself works on the platform. But on the other side, um, I don't know if you saw Mr. Beast tweeted the other day. Mr. Beast is the yeah. big YouTuber. I saw that tweet, yeah. And he tweeted, um, you know, he wished he could invest in YouTube as a kind of an early stage. Yeah. Um, although he kind of said he wished he was a YouTuber stock market, obviously you can't really do that type of stuff. But um, what, what we've been working on um, for maybe the last three or four months is actually tokenizing um, influencers or content creators on YouTube itself. Um, so for example, let's say, let's say Joel is a content creator. And let's say he doesn't have two and a half million subscribers. Let's say he's got 50,000, right? Right now, um, Joel still needs to do kind of, I'm going to say a, a normal traditional job and focus on content creation, right? And he doesn't know where he's going to, you know, where's the money going to come from? It's obviously going to be quite worrying. You know? 
and um, if he doesn't focus on you know on the content creation, um, he might not reach his potential and he might become a failure kind of in YouTube. So what we here is okay, cool. So Joel now comes to X Academy. Joel goes, okay, I want to recognize myself. Um, then what happens is the X Academy community using the X Academy token, which is almost like governance, um, will kind of say, okay, cool, okay, we want Joel to tokenize himself. And then what happens is there's a pot of tokens that are split into kind of three. So Joel gets some tokens, X Academy gets some tokens, um, and then also we have a kind of a viewer pot. So now what happens is, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail exactly how this works, but every single time now, Joel, Joel, Joel says to his audience, okay, guys, do you want to earn some tokens which have financial value or could have financial value if you watch uh, my YouTube video, you know? So I watch Joel on YouTube now um, using the Academy technology directly on YouTube, by the way. I watch Joel's video. I get rewarded with a JMX token, right? Um, Joel obviously has tokens as well, but they're obviously they're vested in the X Academy uh, community with guns. So on certain milestones, we'll JMX to unlock, I'm going to say tokens. So if Joel gets a million subscribers, 500 more subscribers, you know, he's going to unlock uh, utility tokens, um, you know, as, 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 uh, as he grows and hits certain milestones. So now every single time I watch JMX's video, I get a JMX token. Now with this JMX token, I can sell that token uh, for cash, but obviously, um, you know, you're gonna have to watch a lot of JMX videos to, to achieve a decent amount of value of tokens. Um, as Joel grows as well, tokens are, um, are burned, almost like a bonding curve. So as Joel grows, obviously there's less tokens in circulation, there's gonna be more demand, right? And we're, we're trying to work out as well how people can, if people think Joel's got good potential to grow, they can invest in Joel, in Joel's token, um, as kind of a content creator as well. So it's almost like, and then they can, you can it basically like influencermarketcap.com we've just bought, which is a little bit like coinmarketcap.com. I don't know if that makes sense on a, a low level. So Joel, Joel grows, uh, you know, in, in theory, less tokens on the market, uh, supply and demand. More people want to invest in, in Joel's token as a curator. Um, and obviously, you know, these people can uh, reap the rewards as it grows. And when he tokenizes himself as well, um, there's a certain amount of, because these are utility tokens, but there's also going to be NFTs on the market, which you can have some type of YouTube trading game. Um, so when Joel does tokenize himself, let's say there'll be 30 JMX cards uh, on the market as well, which can only be bought with the JMX token. If that kind of makes sense. No, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. Uh, I just to sort of explain to the audience, uh, because this, this is a, uh, sort of 3D, uh, 3D chess yeah. sort of uh, thing, uh, 4D chess uh, that that you are playing. Uh, so it's it's that we have uh, one token which is the uh, X Academy token, which is sort of like the governance token that uh, tells that whether the creator would get their own uh, would would have the ability to get their own token, and then that uh, the creator's token is then created, and that can be used uh for some maybe nfts or some exclusive content or some exclusive uh things that uh some maybe a private group uh where where you get access to the creator and then uh the if if the creator's channel grows then the value of that token will also increase and since the creator will have some per percentage of that token himself um he will he is also he will also benefit financially and his early supporters who got the token early at maybe uh, at a at the uh, at a lesser price or because they were early there was more inflation then uh, they will get more rewards as well so i think yeah this i think uh, this this is the structure right am i right uh, that's right and also at the same time uh, you'll be able to stake the x academy token with let's mm -hmm. say the jmx token and which obviously take the x academy tokens off the market and obviously mm -hmm. because there's organic on it kind of platform you can kind of work out what's going to happen 
Um, but when you take the tokens, you're going to get a bonus or a multiplier on the rewards you earn from watching JMX videos. Because obviously that benefits the X Academy token holders as well. There is, you know, because it's taking them off the market. Mm, super interesting. So, uh, in terms of um, like uh, say it, like the issue, I think uh, what I see with social tokens right now has been that people. Uh, usually for maybe watching a video, you would give, give someone say $1, right? Or something very small amount worth of tokens. But with the gas fees on Ethereum or or some other chains, like if the gas fees itself is $5, or if you want to say, use that token, which is worth $5, $10, and the fees is $10, then it doesn't it doesn't make sense to do it, right? Like uh, that, that has, has that, was that an issue that you saw? Uh, and then you sort of looked at Zilliqa or, uh, and, and some other blockchains uh, as well? Um, there was only one company we were ever going to build on. I've been an early investor, uh, Zilliqa since private sale, and um, Joel's been in it for a very, very long time as well. Um, and when I first invested in Zilliqa, I invested in it because I understood the problem it was solving um, and the Ethereum fees and stuff. Um, and obviously, since an upgrade relationship with the Zilliqa team, um, and this is, we're not just building on Zilliqa, we're in partnership with Zilliqa. Um, you know, I, I don't think there is any doubt on who we're going to build with here. Um, and they've also had a lot of um, lot of value. Gotcha, gotcha. So, of course, the transaction fees and stuff comes into it, but there's multiple reasons why we're trying to build on, uh, build on Zilliqa. Yeah, yeah, okay. And of course, right, so obviously, I've, I've been in Zilliqa since day one. Um, and what's going through my mind when I'm thinking about this project is, you know, if we start tokenizing a lot of creators, all of these different tokens are going to be on Silica, you know, and I, I really want to help move Silica forward in terms of kind of transactions on the network and kind of, you know, how many tokens and products are built on the network. This can be actual mainstream adoption, you know, because we've got the Xcademy side where actual users don't even know it's cryptocurrency, but the tokenization of these influencers, and we already have influencers over 50 million followers. That, that that will kickstart this thing. We're actually looking at I'm going to say proper adoption here. I think very few products have adoption uh, like this. Actually, this can I think this can be one of the first ever mass adopted cryptocurrencies as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's super interesting. Also, um, I think the issue with crypto has been that it's it's so niche, right? Like it's people. Uh, it's either people who understand like finance or very technical people usually. I think it's it's a mix of those that are in crypto right now. So with with uh, the the next wave of adoption will be driven by Web 2.0 uh, communities coming to crypto, right? And I think uh, we the the thing is that you need uh, those communities, and the creators have the power. They they have so much influence already. Um, the, I think uh, if if someone can tap into that, uh, then that definitely will drive a lot of growth and a lot of new users uh, to come into crypto as well. Um, I, I, yeah, I just think cryptocurrency is too confusing. I tried to get my dad into cryptocurrency. He actually invested in Zilliqa, but for him, and he's a traditional kind of investor in stocks and stuff, it completely mm-hmm. burned his mind. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. I know the buying process at the minute is a bit all over the place, but even from a kind of, like I said, users that watch JMX's video after this system is put in place, why do they need to know it's cryptocurrency? Unless they want to actually go and come to an advanced mode and offer further details, why why do they need to know this stuff and to be honest with you i'm looking at this now and i'm thinking why has no one else done this why has no one tried to make on this process and make it simpler and we don't need to tell people you're you're staking tokens in a liquidity pool or whatever you know you just need to say you're going to get a multiplier on your awards if you you use this and this together you know um and i think um i had an interesting call this morning with uh zilliqa and um i'm going to be we're going to be working very closely uh, with them to kind of make sure it's in a simplified terms 
gotcha like like uh, also uh, for like uh, you know uh, doing key management and stuff i think that also has is is uh, is a challenge for many people right managing private keys and understanding that and and i think I, th- i think you already are thinking on those lines like what 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 are some other challenges you feel uh, normal people uh, might face uh, when when they you know interact with a creators token i think uh, i think a major one you know if you if you want to buy a decent chunk of this let's say jmx token i think a major one is this whole kyc process as well um, and kind of and kind of um, payment gateways you know i think it's a little bit scary for certain people um i mean especially my dad the fact he had to do kyc and coinbase and he didn't know much about coinbase he was a little bit like so i think that's a major hurdle we're still working on how to cross the bridge with you um that i think that and obviously the long the long addresses on silicon ethereum and stuff is too long for an everyday user but on the x canary platform we're going to peg a username to an address so the user unless they go on advanced mode and if they go on advanced mode they can learn about cryptocurrency and they can deposit um they're just going to literally be sending if you get you can send tokens internally to Xcanary it's just going to be straight to someone else's username um mm. and I, you know i think that's where it, i think that's key to energy for adoption yeah yeah agreed coming to the creator side of things uh, joel uh what sort of uh, as a creator what do you think that uh, th- using a token what use cases do you think this enables you um and and just just thinking about uh, f- like putting your creator hat on uh Yeah, yeah how how do you look at this uh having tokens uh, for creators that allow their community members to become part of their success yeah absolutely i think there's sort of two sides to it um i think ollie slightly touched on it but it's the issue is like you know at that stage anywhere from sort of 20,000 to 200,000 you you're going somewhere that is looking very promising but you're not making necessarily enough money to it for it to be a living and it's quite paradoxical in a way Uh, like Ollie mentioned because you need to put your full effort in so that you can eventually make a living out of it but you also need to work so that you can actually make a living now and therefore you can't put the full effort into it which is a a big problem and it's you know it's a whether you you take the leap and I've been for it obviously I was I was quite a bit younger when I did it so it wasn't quite a risk as much of a risk for me but I still been in that stage where I took the decision I I you know I just went for it I took the risk I, I dropped sick form and said yeah, I'm not going I'm just going to try and give this a go um and that that was big for me that was you know I, well it wasn't that big for me but more for my parents they were pretty uh, mortified is, is a good word but i think um yeah it gives them a bit more security and makes it a bit more tangible because they can see that you know that they've got these governed milestones that they can go ahead and hit and that really helps and then also on the side of being able to be able to reward those loyal people that are are, are there from the start i think young smaller creators need more uh you know to take it away from being you know a lot a couple a couple monopolies that we need young smaller creators with more loyal fans and so this gives those loyal fans you know there's a more incentive maybe to watch smaller creators than it does bigger creators because of the potential upside and and especially ones that you think could be going at, at somewhere so going back to my point of connection being so important in this industry it builds a great connection because you you feel even more aligned on a journey with that creator um because you can directly benefit and you know you're just invested in that and so i think uh, both sides of those things can be really are, are especially appealing and and will go down really well and they tie into each other nicely going um going back going back to the adoption point i just want to i just want to kind of add something 
I think uh, a lot of projects in the crypto space, they try and reinvent the wheel a lot, you know, they like try and rebuild YouTube. Let's be realistic, that's never gonna happen, right? So the way we've looked at it is, we wanna almost add more value to the YouTube experience without reinventing the wheel. So the fact that creators don't need to do anything different besides tell the audience um, to do certain stuff um, to kind of trigger this whole process, um, I think that's as well where adoption is going to kind of come in. You know, why has no one built something like this on top of YouTube already? You know, I, I just feel like there is a few other companies that are looking at tokenizing influence and stuff, but no influencer is going to go out of the way, uh, start uploading content where they've got no followers on a new platform just to tokenize themselves. The barriers to entry are too high on a different platform. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, also, um, yeah, for for the NFT space, as you, as we were, you know, just touching on that as well, uh, Joel, have you seen? Uh, like, I just I just want you uh, some thoughts as uh, because I think the in the crypto industry, people just discuss among themselves, right? Like, what is good, and you know, this this space is growing up. But but as a creator, uh, what what sort of things do you uh, think NFTs enable and yeah, what, what are your general thoughts on the, in the NFT space as well? Yeah. Certainly you see in the, the YouTube space that like people just want what not many people have and there's something scarce and there's a big, a big draw towards that. And so, um, I, I think it, it, it can definitely transfer over and work really well. There's, um, you know, there's loads of things going on and it's just, it's a, a bit similar. I don't know if, the, if you guys have seen, but there's a big craze on YouTube with Pokemon cards and, it's got a similar kind of feel to it. You know, they, they want those cards because there's only so many of them and now they're rocketing in prices. And so, yeah, I think transferring that over and having that specific to YouTubers and potentially even having, you know, uh, one of very few of a certain YouTuber's NFT it is, is very, it could be very, very cool and definitely going to have enough of an audience to, to be viable. Okay, okay, gotcha. How can people uh, stay updated? Do you have a Twitter uh, and stuff? Um, yeah, you can follow X Academy Official on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can follow uh, what's your Twitter handle, Joe? Jamex twenty five twenty five, right? Yeah, no, it's Jamex FIFA still. I need to change that one. I know, definitely need to change that. It's too OG. Uh, yeah. Uh, so or, or follow me. I'm pretty sure a chunk of the viewers probably already follow me. Uh, Oli two four five on Twitter. Um, cool. Yeah. So that's kind of. Through the whole process yeah okay i think i think that's really cool um i i really uh like uh like what you guys are building in terms of and you you guys are you know uh, i think quite practical in in your approach uh and and i think that's what also the crypto industry also now needs we we are there's too much DeFi degening <laughs> going on yeah. these days. Uh, it's uh we need some real uh use cases and uh yeah, I, I wish you the best uh, for X Academy, and hopefully the Zilliqa community also can, you know, get involved uh, with 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 X Academy.